Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. Oh, yeah. So, let's go into this, Jojo. What do you think? All right. <laughs> let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge-watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. And hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. Welcome to the first episode of 2021. My name is Graham, and with me today, of course, is the very fantastic Jojo, who is right here on my computer. Hello, Jojo! How did you? Yes, the first how did you of the year. <laughs> uh, hopefully, there's at least 50 more to come. Yes. Those how did yous. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, I didn't even realize it, but like we did well last year, didn't we? We yeah. put out, what, 48, 48 podcast episodes. Yeah, we, we we brought it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we intend to do the same thing <laughs> this year. Hopefully the contents... And it was a difficult year for content in terms of like, yeah, everybody was watching something. Yes. So, so it was... What do you find that has flown under the radar when people have so much time in their hand to watch it, yeah. right? Yeah. But we done done it. <laughs> we did. <laughs> so tell me, how has the new year uh, been treating you so far, Juju? It's it's uh, well, for personally, it's been interesting. Uh, <laughs> I've had you know uh, all the dogs be in the doggy hospital, and uh, you know lots of fun work drama drama for my husband and and things like that and then of course you know <laughs> when we're talking worldwide there's all kinds of fun things going on oh my god so yeah it's 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 like i i feel like 2021 is 2020 again but 2021 picked up a sense of humor <laughs> like surprise motherfuckers. <laughs> Be like, yeah, it's it's 2020 again, but this time, you know, I watched some comedy stuff, and I'm gonna have a guy tase himself to death in the balls. That is funny. So, <laughs> I saw a meme that shows uh, the Joker, <laughs> the Joaquin Phoenix yeah. Joker, <laughs> and the It Clown is like showing him the place around it. I'm like, that's. And this is going to be your job, and this is your task. <laughs> oh man, it is. Yeah, there's no, there's no escape. It's like unless you fucking move out of this planet. Yeah, <laughs> you fucked, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you know what? I'm the, I'm constantly the old guy from Futurama. The I don't want to live on this planet anymore. It's me. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Is there any alternative? <laughs> hey, man, I'm going to hitchhike. <laughs> Where is that you're going to take me? <laughs> That's funny stuff, man. But I think at least we can say we're ready for it. I mean, you know, 2020 was bad yeah. enough. Anybody who's surprised, I I'm, I kind of feel bad for them. Like, yeah. <laughs> come on. 
folks. Did you not pay attention to the past 12 After months? After all we've I been through, you now like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. I was suspicious of fucking 2021 on January 1st at one o'clock. I'm like, are yeah. you? No, I'm drunk and shit, but I can still see you. Now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> happy new year to all of all of you that we haven't yet seen. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, here's to 2021, whatever it wants to do. So we're cool with that. No. As long as it keeps having a sense of humor with itself, I'm, I'm actually okay with that. As long as we get some funny <laughs> shit that comes out of the shit, it, you know, because I mean, you know, it's going to be shit. So, I mean, you know, I want to expand on the... <laughs> Bull tethering thing, but <laughs> we probably should. Yeah, we I should think it's a bit good. too much for me, you know. <laughs> All right, so uh, today we, we we bring you the first program, the first podcast episode today, and we, we we're starting a bit on a serious side because uh, I am glad that I watched this uh, documentary. Yes, and for a number of reasons. I will start by saying that I don't know how I feel about the whole thing. Um, I, I feel like there's a lot of credible, plausible things here. Right. But at the same time, there are some questionable methods in 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 explanations. And so uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna try that, any? We're gonna yes. go through it. We're talking about the documentary film "Crazy Not Insane." Uh, Georgia, what do you think? This one, this one was, was my pick. So I am definitely interested, of course, as always to hear your take on it. But, uh, I, I thought it would be good for us to talk about this one because I, I don't think a lot of people have watched it. I don't think maybe the documentary scene is, is all that popular, but I felt like it was something that we could get a good conversation out of because it's certainly relevant to what's going on in the world today. And also, as you said, there are some questionable things that go on in this documentary, some questionable uh, methodology, I guess, is the word that you could use for uh, the doctors to find some of their diagnoses or what they've come to but i i feel like it speaks to a a like a greater picture of the issue of the way people with mental health issues mental health diseases are treated in the correctional facility in the state states in the united states yes that that's exactly for me the most important part of it is the notion that we claim to be a civilized nation, and we we preached about that, but yet we are one of the very few nations that kill kill people. Period in in our criminal justice system, and we actually kill people mostly with mental illnesses, with no regard to exact to to that. It's like, no, 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 no. This guy is not sick because I said so. There's nothing wrong with this guy because he is evil. And, you know, it, it, it's it's that. So with that said, Jojo, I'd obviously ask you to 
put it together for our audience, and then uh, we'll take it from there, right? <laughs> okay. So this is, it's called Crazy Not Insane. It is a documentary. It's on HBO Max, available for streaming, and it follows the life work of Dr. Dorothy Lewis, who is a very interesting individual. She started working um, as someone dealing more with, with serial killers and working for the prosecution in some cases. And as she talked to people and as she did some more research, she decided that she needed to do even more research because she just didn't feel that the people were being completely understood, that mental illness wasn't being completely understood, and what the background of violence can do to people. So this is a documentary about her work and about the plight of the people who are in the criminal justice system for crimes that they have committed that are incredibly horrible. There's, there's no denying that. But what should be the actual end result of their, of their actions? What should be the consequences of their actions if someone truly has a mental illness or a brain injury and has done something terrible. So um, this follows her story, goes into uh, other doctors. It does show other sides of, of what the belief system of the coin is. And I just found it to be something very important to watch, uh, especially if you do suffer from any sort of mental illness, like depression or bipolar or anything at all like that. I felt it gave a very sort of a, a almost cautionary tale for those of us who suffer from those sort of things. If we do become part of the criminal justice system, how we can be manipulated and used. Yeah. Easy praise, aren't they? Uh, to be, to be honest, uh, because this is the only country where killing somebody with an, with a mental illness is being tough on crime. Yes. Not recognizing that, there are no, no only mitigating circumstances, but circumstances, period, that cause people to snap. And the failure on our part to never have known what these people as children went through. Uh, and, and here we are. Now we, we get to kill them, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, in her, in her work and Dr. Lewis's work, she's discovering that a lot of serial killers and violent offenders had a very violent upbringing or a very um, abused upbringing, whether it was mental abuse, neglect, sexual abuse, uh, sometimes a combination of all of that. And she partnered with a, uh, I believe a neurologist who was able to do scans of these very, very violent offenders' brains and discover that quite a few of them actually had brain damage. So you have the point of, of mental illness in a sort of a, a non-physical sense, a, 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 for lack of a better term, a spiritual sense, if you will. You can't point to an MRI and say, that's why right. I have depression. Um, but you go from that to a physical sense and say, these people have damage to their frontal cortex, to the lobe. They have damage to the area of the brain that makes us 
quote unquote human and not lizard or animal. So if they have this lack of control and we're putting them to death, why, how is that, how does that make us, how does that fight, how is that fighting evil? What, what are we doing to, to these people that have had this happen to them? Um, she's certainly not, and I, I think a lot of people have issue with her work because I think some people have interpreted it that she's sort of an apologist right. for, the, for the cruel. people. Um, <laughs> yeah. r- right. And she is not. She's, she says that, you know, these people have done these things and they're not going to be able to control their impulses and they do not have a place in our society Absolutely. because they will hurt people. However, her... Her her issue, her problem with everything is the death penalty, is capital punishment, yeah. is that we're putting people to death who do not understand, that have no ability to understand that they've committed a crime that is going to take away their life. There's the example of Ricky Ray Vector in right. the uh, documentary who was put to death in, I'm trying to remember the state, I believe it may have been Arkansas. It was Arkansas. And he had a sort of a routine, a a, uh, a ritual, if you will, with his food that he always saved his dessert for like an hour, a couple hours after yeah. dinner. And when he had his last meal for execution after he'd committed, you know, these violent crimes and been committed or convicted, um, he saved his dessert again the night of his execution. He saved it for after right. the execution. And and the point of that is how can you deem that this person is, is, is sane and can understand what has happened and what is going to happen to them? You can't. If somebody is saving their dessert yeah. for after this their execution... Yeah, yeah. So um, I just I, I I found this very, very very informative, and and I I although some of her methods are strange, and we can talk about that. I I just feel that Dr. Lewis is such an important advocate for the people who cannot and absolutely will never be able to speak up for themselves or make any sort of an argument for themselves, and I I do love the work that she's trying to do and what she's trying, she's trying to help people that, and by helping people, I do not mean that she is advocating for them for to be out on the streets or be free, but in the sense of, of let's not, how can we call ourselves a civilized nation if we're educate, if we're executing, killing people who don't understand and, how can we call ourselves how can, how is that human where is right. the humanity in that where where is the rights in that and also bringing attention and awareness to the fact that if children are being brought up in a very violent very abusive home of course everybody's like oh that's terrible yeah. that's bad whatever but the actual very real reper- repercussions that may happen down the road that we may have a very, very violent individual, sick individual released on society if we allow this to happen in a home where children should be cared and nourished and, and, and all of the good things that should be happening. So shining a light on that, I felt, is, is just important. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, uh, absolutely, Jojo. Like... There were moments in the film where 
I I kind of saw exactly where she was coming from, and I felt like for some reason they were trying to have her uh, explain herself more than they would have asked of any person who had a penis and a pair of testicles. I agree. Uh, and and I know that the whole idea, oh, why does it have to be a thing about... That's exactly what it was. The The credibility was there. The science was there with, with the images and in, in the, the scientific explanation as to why when somebody has brain damage, you know, depending on where those brain damage occur in 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 the brain, on what part of the brain that occurs, they, they will tend to. And you can make the argument, well, yeah, I was whipped too when I was a kid. You don't know what these people, uh, and some of these people don't ever talk about that, right? Which is the reason right. why they create other personalities to deal, to cope with that shit, right? Yes. And as she said, the, the, some of them make it their life mission to never, ever get seen or discovered as, you know, based on what they went through. And so, so, so you, can make the, you can make this argument, but Dr. Lewis brought about the science of why we shouldn't kill people with mental illness. And not only that, but there is another responsibility that we have to society in that we may, we have to look into how children are being raised and uh, a little beyond what it, it looks like from outside because, you know, we're failing those kids. And in the end, they become what we see. And obviously, it's not all the time. It doesn't happen with everybody. But uh, you, you, you have to ask those questions. And Dr. Lewis shines a very bright light on that. Um, I think I, think, I, I was just going to interject, you know, the right. issue of it not happening, happening with everybody is, is absolutely valid. But at the same time, we have to think of the fact that just because it's not happening doesn't mean that it's okay for the abuse to continue. And I know that's not at all what you were saying, but, but just to say, oh, well, you know, I got whooped and I got, I turned out fine. Or, you know, this person endured horrible abuse and, and, and they're perfectly quote unquote fine. I, I, I'd say, well, that that doesn't mean that it's okay because they had a terrible childhood one and two just because you think you're okay doesn't necessarily mean you are. That's and, exactly right. And also, a lot of these people are not okay. They're not living a normal, productive, happy, joyful life. They they aren't. They they may be a member of society, and the fact that they might be able to get out of bed and go to work and and come home and drink themselves to sleep, just as yeah. an example, you know. But that doesn't. It, it's it's not helping. It's not helping the the overall goodness of the world. 
Right. Being functional does not necessarily mean that you are okay. That's yeah. absolute fucking bullshit, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But we, 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 we have bought into this whole thing of as long as you can function and you appear to be normal, then you are okay. And that's one. The second thing is, oh, if you go through depression and if you have a mental illness, then you're just weak, you know. And so we are not giving people any room to say, I'm not okay and I would like to do something about it. The, the, the people that are not okay and have no problem talking about it, they are, they have to be fucking applauded because that's, that's an act of bravery that, that most of us don't have the balls to, right? Because yeah. the society that we live in will, will chastise you yes. and make it feel like, you have nothing to complain about. You are not okay because you're not trying hard enough. Yeah. yeah. And again, this is why it is easy for a jury to say, yeah, this person has to die. This person has to die because on the morning of such and such and such, they woke up and say, I feel like killing somebody today without understanding that that's not the way it works. And again, there's another thing, Jocelyn, that I think uh, Dr. Lewis challenged. And I love the fact that she challenged that. It is the whole idea of good versus bad, evil and bad and, and good. And, 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 and she challenged it in the way that the whole evil thing is a biblical, it's a religious terminology. It does not exist in, in scientific terms. Because evil suggests that somebody chose to be bad. And that's not the way it works. Yes, exactly. It? And it has no place in a court of law. The idea of, of evil, has it has no place in the court of law. It, has, it doesn't have a place in science. It doesn't have a place in the court of law. It is... Yeah. It is something that is a metaphysical thing that, that has absolutely no place in, in anything to do with lawmaking and that sort of thing. And so it's always chilling for me when you watch any kind of a crime show or anything like that. And I'm talking about like a, a documentary style type thing. When you, when you talk to actual prosecutors and they're like, I was staring in the aisle, eyes of pure evil. You'll hear that a lot. And I'm like, and I'm not saying... Believe me, I am not saying that it's okay that these people did horrible things. No. But no. you cannot be dispassionate and you, you can't have it both ways. You can't say I was staring in the eyes of evil and, oh, you know, yeah, I can totally be, uh, you know, a, an unbiased juror or whatever. If, if you believe that that exists, if you believe that the devil can look out of someone's eyes, then there's no way that you can be unbiased when it comes to choosing the death penalty for someone. And I, I just, I, I am not a believer in capital punishment. I am not a believer in the death penalty because... For one reason, there have been many people 
who have been sent to the chair, the lethal injection, whatever, it, and it's come out down the road that they had the wrong person. So that they did nothing wrong, exactly. So the the state has has murdered an innocent person, and then also for the sake of, I just don't think that that is part of of being a human of 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 killing someone in the name of the state do i believe they should be taken off the streets do i believe that they should lose their their right as a member of society absolutely if they are someone who is going to hurt people they need to be somewhere but they should be treated in the manner that one would treat a humane animal, you know, like (laughs) just in the sense of, you know, you're, you're, you're cared for in the sense of you have the very basic necessities in life, but not absolutely not put to death. I just don't believe it. Right. And, and again, because of the belief of evil and good, you see a lot of district attorneys in, uh, wardens and even governors pontificate, well, these people are there because they did very bad thing. And they actually justify, for instance, I, I remember, I, I, well, Joe Arpaio, for example, right? Joe Arpaio built a tent city in an area where, in an area of the world where during the summer, right, uh, it can get to be up to 126 degrees Fahrenheit. And had people living there in quarters, one over each other. And his justification was, well, they're criminals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What, are you judge, jury, and fucking executioner? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's a reason why we have a criminal justice system, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) You, You don't get to decide that these people don't have to be treated humanely. Yeah. Because they are criminals. You don't get to do that. Yeah. <laughs> this is an authority that you are taking that that does not belong to you. Yeah. Right? And so many and so, of those people weren't even violent offenders. And exactly. a good portion of the people that were in there probably were innocent. Because we are finding that out more and more and more through DNA. That people are in prison who should never have been in prison because they were there on somebody's hunch. Or just this, they were at the wrong place at the wrong time. And so, you know, that, that's a whole different argument, but, but it's just, you know, the idea that you can say and take away the fact that somebody is a human being because they have done something wrong in the eyes of the law is ridiculous to me and is beyond comprehension to me. I I do not get where anybody can decide that that is okay. How do you justify that in your brain that just because, not just, but because somebody did something wrong and was found guilty in the eyes of the law that they are no longer a human being? Right. But then, in, 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 and to your point, adding to that, what, like, what kind of authority do you adjudicate to yourself to say, I get to kill you because you killed other human beings? What like where's the moral argument here, and this is what I don't understand. You know, so I, as the state, I have the right to kill you because you know I make laws that says that I have that right. You, on the other hand, you should have never killed because killing is wrong. So, <laughs> killing is wrong when you do it. 
But yeah. when when I go through the laws to find a reason to say, you did this, you should get killed, it's fine because I'm the state. I do not, this argument for capital punishment is, is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Yep. It reminds me of the old joke of the of the uh, the little boy that that smacks his sister, and his mom turns around and smacks him across the face and is like, "You shouldn't hit people." <laughs> the little Do... kid, the little boy's like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> what was that all about?" <laughs> mean true, you shouldn't hit people, but I mean, just the, that the punishment was the exact as the crime is kind of silly. Let's also talk about a bit um, the notion that there was a time where crime and punishment was um, the way to go in order to perpetuate yourself in public office. And I, I thought it was very telling that there was a collage of very famous politicians that some of whom, some with whom we agree and we today uh, vote for and some we've never voted for and we've never agreed with making a case for no rehabilitation punishment is what it is right and we, we talk about you know people evolving and some of these politicians uh, in terms of, of of thought process in terms of uh, political beliefs evolving to to being better human being, and we give them the benefit of the doubt, but some of them we haven't. And I was particularly fascinated by the fact that Joe Biden, in a few days, gets to become president of the United States, and we elected him because we gave him the benefit of the doubt, even though, right, he had a concerted effort in the crime bill that passed in the 90s. Yet, we made a big deal about something that Hillary Clinton said uh, a long time ago during that time of crime bill when she talked about super predators. And I would make the argument that that partly contributed to her you know, not gaining the votes in certain places enough for her to become president of the United States, which actually cost us <laughs> a whole fucking lot in the past four years. So, again, do you think that we are more lenient and actually more ready to give a pass to any male politician that says, I've evolved and that's not the way I think anymore? Uh, compared to, you know, say, the same thing we were talking about, Dr. Lewis, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I, uh, I agree with you with that 100%. I think that men, particularly white men, um, are always going to get a, a pass more so than a woman, a white woman or a woman of color. A white woman might get a... a a little bit more of a pass, but at the same time, when it comes down to femininity, there is something in the world that hates it and will always fight against any sort of intelligence or or culpability or thought or or being anything. So it's, you know, being a woman is, is being other, is being 
a, a lower class citizen is being a little less than human. So I agree with that, that, that again, white men in particular in the climate we're currently in are always going to get a pass. You know, there's the saying, which makes me so angry, but boys will be boys. What? What like, the hell does what? that mean, actually? Like, boys will be boys. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, oh, uh, yeah, he he did this and this, but, you know, boys will be boys. Like, yeah. what what does that, that's been used in in legal arguments, yeah. in, in, in rape yeah. cases, in so many things that boys will be boys. And it makes me so angry because it's just a, a nonsense statement it means literally nothing, nothing but it is taken so seriously <laughs> and then you have dr lewis who is very intelligent and fiery and knows what she's talking about and she is horribly badgered on the witness yeah. stand there is you know there's there's video of that in one of the cases she was in where they surprised her with some evidence that that they had kept from her i think honestly with the the sole purpose of embarrassing her on the yeah. witness stand I do not believe that would have happened if she were male. I, I do not believe that. No, and um, you can see the difference in the way that Pog Dids comes in, sits there, right? And yes. just pontificates, yes. like, boom. It's, like, immediately believed. Like, there's no question. No one no one dared to question anything that Pog first, because it was convenient. But secondly, as Dr. Lewis said, it was a good-looking dude White male who sat down, crossed his legs, maintained a straight, you know, a torso, and said shit with authority. You know. Yes. A woman, though. Yes. Are you sure about what you're saying? Really? Do you yes. really think that's what happened? Oh, so why? Wh what? You seem to be kind of like out of it. Like, are you menstruating? Do, do you do you need a moment? Are you? You know, right. it's just fucking amazing to me, Justin. It is. It is. It's an amazing thing. I I, I don't know. Like this. Uh, look, I know that there's this there's this whole saying out there that men who are self described feminists can't shut up about it. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I. I'm not going to go and say I'm a feminist or whatever, because, you know. But the thing is, I have learned to observe that there is a way that we treat and we deal with women in comparison to a way that we deal with men, especially, especially women of color, but in general, in general, we are so much more eager to punish women for mistakes, for even merely for the fact of being women. <laughs> I mean, let's, okay, I'm going to put an argument here that is a, it, it could be used as a counter argument, but here's what I'm saying. Strom Thurmond, I think, filibustered the Civil Rights Act for about 23 hours, right? Senator from South Carolina, a known white supremacist and racist as fuck. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not joking. That nigga was a racist motherfucker, right? 23 yep. hours or so, 
Do you know the physical strength strength that it takes to filibuster for 23 hours? I'm talking about not taking a pee-pee break. You can't even lean against the lectern. You, you can't stop talking for a certain for a period of time. But this guy was trying. Literally, what he wanted is black people shouldn't have rights. This is no, this is no America. And so if I have to stand here for the better part of, of a whole day and argue that shit, so be it. I'm a racist and I'm a proud racist, right? But in the latter part of his life, Strom Thurmond actually changed his mind and became a strong supporter of civil rights and, and, and did a whole lot of good shit, right? That is incredibly laudable. I'm not, I'm not going to argue that, right? But yet, we recognize that, and we were all for it. Like, yay, Strom Thurmond changed, and change is possible, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but we actually cancel Paula Dean for some racist shit that she said and did, even when she cried and was incredibly apologetic. And maybe she wasn't, she, she, she wasn't, maybe she cried because she knew all the, all the shit that she was losing, but she apologized. But still, fuck you, Paula. Let's cancel you. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and I yeah. don't know, maybe Strom Thurmond just decided, I'm going to protect my legacy here. And I don't want to be remembered as the racist guy who filibustered uh, the Civil Rights uh, Act for 23 hours. So let me do something to, to, to work on that before I die. And still, my entire life, I was a racist. Eh, what's been good for the next, I don't know, eight years of my life? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, th- I think that the difference that you could say there is that he was given that opportunity. Right. He was allowed to change. And that's great that he changed. Like he said, we're not going to, sweet. And whatever his motives were, we're not going to talk about because nobody knows what goes on inside anybody's head. But Paula Dean, as as an example, what she did was, was wrong, but she was never given the opportunity to prove, I'm going to change things. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, she, it was just, oh, Paula Dean's a racist. Yep. Bye. Let's fucking cancel her. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> she, her show's off the air. If you own any of her stuff, you'd better throw it out. You know, that kind of thing. And I, I am not saying that what she did was right. But I am saying that she was never given the chance to redeem herself. And she was not allowed. She was not given that privilege. And I think that if it had been, say, Gordon Ramsay yeah. that had done that, yeah. as an example... Um, he would have been given that chance. He would have been allowed. It would have been, he would have probably cried on television. He would have apologized. There would have been some backlash, but he would have a show still. Slowly come back, make make a comeback, like slowly and shit. And then all of a sudden, boom, he's a big deal again. Yes. But again, Paula Dean has a vagina. And and we are not saying that, that, (laughs) that, I know that, some of you are prone to interpret all of this as, well, these people are making an argument that, you know, 
women get to be racist and bad people. And sh- no, that's not what we're no. saying. That's not no. what we're saying. No, 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 no. That's not, that's all what I'm saying or, 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 or attempting to say. Women can be awful people just the same as men can be. We're all capable of being total assholes. <laughs> um, but it's just the difference in the redemption process. I believe that there is a redemption process for men and there isn't for women. Exactly. Once you fall off the quote unquote pedestal of being perfect, you will never be able to get up there again. And it was a hard time to get there to begin with. Dr. Lewis, in the example of crazy, not insane, you know, she, she, she's a doctor. Yeah. She has all of the education. She is more just as, if not more qualified than some of these people that, men that she has testified against and with and for, and she constantly has to justify everything that she has to say. She constantly has to back up everything she has to say. She has to make sure everything is perfect. And then you have the culture of of us as women, and I, th- I think it's slowly starting to, to become a little better, but certainly with her generation, of, of, of apologizing and of getting flustered and of, of trying to make everything right yeah. and make everybody feel better yes. because that's the way you've been raised. And, and maybe she wasn't raised that way, but it is part of the culture to be like, okay, I'm a woman. I need to, I need to smooth things out. I need to make sure that everything is like this. I need to make sure everything is like that. Whereas a man can walk in the room and say whatever the fuck he wants. If he's got a PhD after his name, maybe at some point there'll be some fallout over what he said, but in the moment, it's not like a woman who has to go in and have everything absolutely perfect and not cry and not be uh, emotional yeah. and not let her voice quaver yeah. and not get too loud and not be too soft and not be too deep yes. and not be too yes. high. You know, everything has to be fucking perfect. Yeah. The way you're dressed is completely torn apart. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you're, if you're going to, you know, if she had worn a dress instead of a suit, it would, that would have become an issue. I see this all the time in comments on things. Right. So, um, finally let's talk about, because we did an, an episode, a special episode about Bondi, um, but it was based on, on the movie with Zac Efron, an original, a Netflix original movie. I'd like us to talk a bit more about that because it's funny. I don't seem to remember any reference to Dr. Lewis uh, within that movie. I don't remember any reference to her within that movie either. My first knowledge that she'd ever had anything to do with Bundy came from this documentary. And from what I understand, part of the reason why this documentary came about is because the producer, the director and producer of Crazy Not Insane, Alex Gibney, originally approached Dr. Lewis about doing a uh, a docudrama about her research with Bundy. And in the course of the conversation and the, the, the correspondence decided that he wanted, they wanted to do a, a different, uh, they wanted to do a straight documentary about her, her entire work, as opposed to just focusing on Bundy. But I, I, as you said, I do not remember anything being mentioned in the menu, in the, in the movie about her ever even existing. Yes. And I, I don't know how old Dr. Lewis is, but I know that she has contributed to to 
to this part of psychoanalysis in, in the criminal justice system in general to the point where we should know more? I mean, a, at least a, a great deal of the population should have known her name. Yeah. But this lady was foreign to me until the moment I watched this, you know. Yeah. It is an amazing thing. And, and more, you know, movies have been made about, you know, Bondi and all kind of serial killers that she came in contact with. And nobody thought, maybe we should include a bit of that lady that also wanted to to, to find, you know, the origins of of these dolences. Yeah, no let's, one, talk, no to, let's talk to that. Dr. Lewis, you know, maybe right. she has a, an, in some insight into this because she was, you know, very involved in the case or what, because she was very involved with Ted Bundy, yeah. um, which I mean, I had absolutely no idea about. And she uncovered many things about his past that certainly were not covered in anything that I've seen. You know, most of it was just, oh, we had a happy childhood and he had this and he had that. And she, she uncovered lots of things. Some would say that that was, uh, um, I forget the word now, recognition bias or something, something like that. But she, she did her research. She, she worked very hard. She, she knew that to be taken seriously, she has to have everything perfect. So I believe all of the information that she found, because considering her as a source and knowing what she had to go through to be taken even the slightest bit seriously, I have no problem believing any of her research. So I'm quite sure that Ted Bundy did not have the idyllic childhood that's been presented to, to all of us as, as mass consumption. I'm quite sure that other things went on with him. And it just it just makes sense. And again, nothing to apologize for what he did and nothing to say that he shouldn't ha- have you know, been removed from society because he absolutely was going to keep killing women and hurting people in a horrible way. But just in the sense of understanding that, that this kind of treatment is going to create some people who are not going to be able to function in the world in a a acceptable manner. Yeah. But the whole, the idea of the idyllic childhood that Bondi insisted he had in society, including the criminal justice system, accepted. It was the perfect narrative for them to put him to death too. Yes, because indeed. Because it would prove the point like, you see, there was nothing wrong with this guy. He is just a bad motherfucker. <laughs> you, yep. you know, it, yep. it, it kind of pointed into their argument. And for this lady to come and say, no, maybe we should actually find out. Because uh, part of, of of psychopathic behavior is compulsively lying, right? Yes. But it, it, it's amazing how we were all ready to accept whenever uh, Theodore Bundy said, there was nothing wrong with my, my, with my childhood. But then we, it, there's some other shit that he'd say, we have to find out. <laughs> you know, if he said, I didn't kill that woman... We have to find out if that was if that was true, but if he says his childhood was perfect, and that it was pornography that caused him to do all of this bullshit, yeah, let's take his word for it. And yeah. Doctor Lewis was willing to go a bit, you know, more in, in depth and said, "Yeah, the story is not adding on." And as she said, you know, pornography has been around for a long time, and yes. Uh, 
people, people, I mean, you know, people consume pornography in one way or another. They're not going around, you know, killing people and shit. That's, that's not, that's not it. Could it have contributed the, the notion, the fact that, you know, some fantasies in pornography could lead people to, to want to act on some shit? Yes, that is true. Some of that pornography is dangerous in that respect, but that doesn't turn people necessarily into serial killer. There are some other shit that needs to be looked at, right? But but again, once the narrative fits, it seems to me that the the criminal justice system has no regard for the truth, but rather this fits the purpose. And, you know, God forbid you get a district attorney who's trying to make it to governor or senator. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. So the documentary is called Crazy Not Insane. Once again, Jojo, absolutely grateful that you suggested it. And it was incredibly enlightening. And uh, we recommend it, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, yeah. I, I do say there are some caveats. There are some things that I don't necessarily agree with in the sense of I think some people may have taken her in a little bit, um, which we didn't really get into that, which, which is fine. But I I do wholeheartedly recommend this documentary to anybody who's interested in the plight of anyone who has a mental illness and is in the criminal criminal justice system. Definitely. That is the truth. And so before we call it a day for today, we are going to invite you to follow us on social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. You can find Jocelyn on Instagram as Jocelyn Podcast. Meanwhile, me, you will find me on Instagram and Twitter as Mr. Putzetta. That is M R P U Z Z E T T A M R P U Z Z E T T A. For me. For Jojo. Today, we're calling it a day. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to Kicking and Streaming Podcast. If you found value in our content, please subscribe and share. We would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast. So please rate us by writing a quick review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all major social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group.